You're listening to County Live with me, Martin Johnson, over here. You mean Chris Ridgeway over there? Chris Ridgeway over there. County just come off the back of their two longest trips of the season, yeah. uh, South London and the South Coast. And it was a pretty good trip, all in all, considering the context of the season and going into those two games. It's, it's funny, isn't it, how there was almost a feeling of pressure around, you know, given that you know, the five losing games that seems like a lifetime ago now, but um, a few games ago it was very real and very current. Um, to go and get a point away at Sutton and then a win at home to Hartlepool, and you think, all of a sudden we're back on track, and then the demoralising defeat to York, and you think, oh, what's going on here? But then a win with probably goal of the season to settle <laughs> it. have to be something to beat that. Um, you know, and then and then a, a draw away at top of the league on a Tuesday night, and like you say, one of the furthest trips we have to make all season. That's a, a hell of a, a, a haul, a haulage. So, um, <laughs> just a bizarre time, but it's a funny old game. We say it every single time, and I'll say it to Jim Gannon tonight, for the purpose of those who are, uh, are listening live, this is Thursday afternoon now, um, so we haven't spoken to Jim yet but I will say to him it's a funny old game and October goes to show that yeah absolutely and last week we concentrated on you know something he'd said about his squad about him you know having one of the best squads he's ever had at county and I think you can see why he said that over those two games and and I, and again you can't ignore the fact that they're two long trips they're now done with four points on the table that's pretty good and also the other thing that I think going to have to get used to this season. There's so many good teams in that league. It's a bit like being in the championship. That there are going to be losses and there are going to be wins. And like like we said, you know, consolidation and really, you know, building what that squad is capable of is is the main aim. Uh, yeah, I mean, you plant acorns, don't you? And from, from these things, um, big things grow. So you remember a few years ago when Jim was putting the the frameworks of this in place, this team in place. You know, you remember when. Ben Hinchliffe came in, Sam Minahan came in, Adam Thomas came in, all these other players that, that are still here now, they're still staple now. Um, you've added to that players like Frank Mulhern, who've been here a couple of years now, they, they're beginning to understand what the, what the club's about. And, you know, Frank, massive credit to him, he's come in from the cold, really. You know, he looked like he'd fallen quite significantly down the pecking order. Um, and then he comes back and he does something like that. Um, Tom Walker, you know, a player who's come back and he's now providing for the team. And Elliot Osborne, when he came in, Jim has been working on this for a long, long time. And he often makes the point, and I think he's right to do so. He said that people, people will judge the fact that I've not bought in any players over the summer, albeit uh, apart from Alex Curran. I've not brought anyone in and, and they'll say, you've got the same players as last season. He goes, but I haven't got the same players as last season. I've got the same people as last season, but as players now they've developed. They've got promotion under the belts. They've got a championship under the belts. They've, you know they've got a year of working together under the belts, uh, a year extra, should I say? So um, we are starting to see the fruits of that. And one of the key things that we've said probably over the last two years since Jim has been back in, two and a half years now, since Jim has been back in, um, is this team can grind results out. They can go and fight and do the gritty and do the you know, do the stuff that isn't very pretty and isn't very nice, but, you know, they, they can do that, and they've done it twice, and dare I say it, Bromley is, is one of the, it will be one of the the most valuable points of the season, away on a Tuesday to one of the furthest games away against top of the league, three days after the furthest trip away for the season. That's an incredible point. So, um, 
yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't feel like, because we're still mid-table, because we're not having the success of last season and so on and so forth, it doesn't feel like a party zone. But we, we, we've not lost in four in the league now, with a good return on points in that. Um, and the, the team is going from strength to strength to strength. It is actually a very positive time now for County. It is, and I, and I agree with you about the resilience of the squad. You know, when we started doing this, I mean, go back to the radio days, when Jim first came back, you had a team there that could score goals, but we're on the opposite end of that. They used to lose late on quite often yeah. and, you know, give, give stuff up. That was kind of the mark of what County were doing back then. And now it's the other way around. You know, they will hold on. They will find late goals. They will, you know, find ways to get through stuff. So, so yeah, I can I can totally see it. And, I, and it's a really good point about squad players as well. And a squad, that is, you know, one player is a different thing. You know the, the next season because he might be asked to do a different job. You've learned things about him. He might be fitter. Or he might be less fit. So that's a, that's a really interesting point. We, we've seen a few players be moved around the park, haven't we? You know, we've seen um, Adam Thomas move up from. We've seen Jordan Keane go from centre half to centre midfielder, back to centre half again. Um, we've seen we've seen these players move around. And it's because they understand the manager. They understand the the team. I hate using this word, but it, they understand his philosophy of of how he goes around the game of football so um, yeah uh, the, the the improvement was there the improvement was needed it also shows who were the really important men in our squad you look at Ash Palmer we lose him for five games we lose five games there's not there's not a major coincidence there so the, the gaffer knows what's you know it, it goes to show um, not only does he understand who his stronger players are and whatever but he knows how to fix a problem when we lost five on the spin in Premier League terms, you'd be damn close to the sack. <laughs> you know, let's not let's not beat it's around true, it. It's true. Where, and I, and I think what he's done is rather than, and I say this with respect for Neil Young because I I like Neil Young. But when Neil Young things weren't going right for Neil, he continued to push Plan A. He had a strong Plan A, and if it didn't work, he'd bring in new players and continue to play the same way, and it didn't work. Whereas with Jim, we saw him try different things. Even when we were losing those games, we were losing them in different manners. Chorley we lost and it was long ball, beaten in the air, long ball, beaten in the air, long ball, beaten in the air. Didn't work. We tried it 100 times, didn't work. The next game we lost, but it was trying to pass it around the team. Do you know, try, trying to pass it around, I think it was Torquay at the time. And we were just seconds. So then we worked on fitness for the next game because we, we weren't as, as quick as, as the others and so on and so forth. So... It shows that he's able to adapt. It shows that his players are now learning that ability to adapt, to grind out results, and to um, uh, and, and to bring in haulages that that really, you know, there was a bookies the other week saying that County are now odds on to go down. I bet if you look now, if that same bookies, uh, I'll bet you they're not odds on again. So let's hear Chris's interview with Jim Gallant. Jim, I said to Martin in the podcast a little earlier on, football's a funny old game, but in the last two games, you've got four points. Two of the longest trips all season, played top of the league and seen probably goal of the season. Just what a ride it's been. Yeah, um when you when you look at it like that, it, it does does seem um it hasn't really all sunk in really. It's been going from one game to the next. Well, you know, you're waking up and you're back in work and it's been relentless. Um uh, really taxing for everybody. Um if you add it to you know, like the the other two games in the league and you look at the four matches we've had in in this month, we're, we're we're really satisfied. Should be pleased. Should be proud of ourselves because um, there was a lot of negativity, pessimism after September. Um, 
We added a few players, got a few players back to fitness and form, um, worked really hard in the training ground. And uh, we haven't just stopped that poor run. We've certainly looked like now uh, we're moving towards one of the, the teams that's not in form, but, you know, definitely back to ourselves. And um, and I think it's showing, you know, we're, we're not conceding poor goals. We're starting to create goals. We're looking a threat from set plays. Um, and, um, you know, I'm really pleased at the end of what's been a really tough week to have four points. Um, and and not only four points, uh, very well-deserved points as well. Um, and in both games, we could have scored more goals, um, put a bit of gloss on the Dover result and maybe... Um, the nature of the goals we conceded and the opportunities we created against Bromley that if we'd nicked it um, it would have been one of those games where it wasn't a smash and grab it would have been one of them where we took our chances and took the maximum out of the game but but you know that would be asking for an awful lot um, at the end of a tough week we're really pleased that uh, we're facing four home games at Edgy Park in the next month in a real opportunity that if we show the kind of form we have at home for most of the games here that we can put ourselves in a position where we suddenly move from 17th to probably close to the playoffs. And that's the challenge and the optimism that I'd like our players to look at. You mentioned it. It was relentless, the the, the number of games and the, certainly the number of miles that you racked up. Um, I just want to talk about how the players adapted to that. How did you see the players in between those two games? Because it's an awful long way to go for both games. And the added boot that they're top of the league as well. It's, how did they adapt to that? Well, I, I think incredible because you only have to look at... Um, we, we had a few issues on Monday. Yeah, we got back from Dover and obviously we knew we had a couple of players coming off with facial injuries and things, knocks, and you're thinking, well, are they going to be all right for Tuesday? Maybe the game comes around too soon for them. Um, and then we thought discretion was a better part of Valor and we decided to... To, to give two fresh players in Keno and Elliot an opportunity to choose and I don't think they, they let us down at all um, the rest of the lads had looked in good shape and uh, we put in a, another solid performance so we trained on Monday uh, which is always that Monday helped last season in terms of preparation for Tuesday games and it certainly helped sort of see where we're at as a group uh, just get everybody together talk about the experiences of Saturday talk about what we're going to be facing Tuesday night. And then Tuesday, we I thought we were... A lot of time and effort went into the planning of the day. Um, we had 16 people that... I, I got on the bus at 10 o'clock. It was a long journey, five and a half hours. But the majority of the players and the staff all got on the train. We, we shortened the journey to almost half. Um, impeccable time. The train turned up at the same time as the bus, pre-match meal... Um, couldn't have done things any more professionally and any more synchronised uh, and I think that always gives you that extra little bit of rest that extra little bit of doing things right and eating at the right times and, and I think it all paid off that night um, I think the really the, the, the thing that we have to worry about is not so much we've done everything right for those games it's the effect of those two games really on the next one and that's something that we've looked at from our stats last year where we had I think particularly we had two fantastic games on a Tuesday night where we tore into the opposition, went top of the league and then we looked a pale shadow of ourselves on Saturday. So um, we had a few lads missing from training tonight um, and I think we have to think really long and hard about the team that we put out um, and whether a few changes might help freshen things up. But but what do you do when a team plays so well? Uh, you've got to keep the core of that, the structure. Um, but I think that 
it's one of them where I'm cautious about the effect of the two games and the travel um, and the efforts they put into those games having it taken its toll coming Saturday. Now, I can't really go much further without mentioning that goal. I, I, I've not been in one of your training sessions, never done a full training session with you, but I've not been at training for a while. But I'm just going to take a guess that you've not worked on a finish like that in training and Frank has just produced a little bit of magic. Yeah, look, I think we'd all be fools to think that we work on stuff like that. But like, this is the great thing about players and football is that the players do incredible things out of instinct. Um, you know, they, they, they assess where they are on the pitch and where the ball is. And uh, I mean, the goal that Elliot scored here was just, uh, there'll be a long debate about which one's the better. Adam Hamill's at Trafford. But, um, but Elliot's was perhaps even more instinctive because he took it first time and the keeper didn't even react to it and it was a lot nearer. But Frank's obviously, it's popped up nicely. He's felt ready for that kind of dipping shot and um, and it's kind of sweet. So, But I think anybody that has, has watched Frank throughout the season or in training knows he's got um, all sorts of finishes in him. Uh, he can hit a pole well, but um, this one was kind of... Not so much power based. It had the power, but it had the control, dip and volley, and um, and when you do things like that with improvisation and skill, it does catch keepers on the wear. And so, a fantastic goal. Uh, Frank had a fantastic week training. Uh, really went about his business on Saturday. Uh, again, unfortunately um, for us and for the group, we, we've seen players who've trained really well at the top of the game, playing the game, and then then they tie badly in the next one. So maybe that's their athleticism, maybe that's the, the amount of training we've been able to put into them. Um, but like I said, when we're getting players close to to a position where they are showing their best attributes and, and that's all we can keep doing. We were speaking earlier on with, with Martin in the, in, the, in the other half of, of this podcast and we were talking about how you how you manage these players now because you've got players like Tom Walker uh, and Devante Rodney in on loan but at the same time you've got players like Elliot Osborne and Frank Mulhern scoring great goals. Does it give you a good headache or a good selection problem, if you like, to, to pick between those two players? Or how do you how do you manage that situation? Well, uh, I think when we went through our, you know, our, our, a dip in, in ourselves and we had a few injuries and that, uh, you know, I said to players, uh, I didn't turn around and say, you're not good enough and this isn't good enough. We know we were below standard and there was a number of reasons for that. Players missing, not enough depth from the bench, um, compromised by quite a few things within the games, penalties being given away, sentence off, etc. Um, I told the lads that I wasn't bringing these players in to replace them, I was bringing them in to add to them. Um, we were going to be facing situations where we needed more depth, we needed more width, we needed more quality. Um, and I think... Um, you know, sometimes those players can be a trigger to a turnaround, and um, you know the, the group got the result against um, Sutton, which stopped uh, the kind of losing streak, and then adding bringing Tom Walker in to give us another little bit of creativity and goal threat from different angles uh, added to and helped us get a result against Hartlepool, and that's given the team now a lot of confidence that even if we go behind, we'll come back. You know, we've shown that in the character at Bromley, um, and. Like I said, we're a, we're a lot better group now, and I don't think there's anybody. There's one or two players maybe they're falling out of sixteen and feel sorry for themselves, won't know how to handle the fact they're not part of it, and they may decide to to, to give up and and walk, um, perhaps like some players did last year. So, but that's the challenge for them. I mean, if you if you go into any 
club at any level higher than us, um, they're going to have two players for every position. There's going to be great competition. And that's not just to keep players on the toes. That's to protect against injuries. That's to protect against fatigue from two or three games. Um, you know, even the top players in the world and top clubs in the world talk about squad rotation. And yet, at this level, we think our players who are part-time, hybrid, can just turn up and put in 90-minute shift on a Saturday 250 miles of home and then turn up on a Tuesday and put in another massive shift 250 miles away from home and, and it not to have an effect on them. Um, I think we'd be fools to think that these players are human. Um, and I think the players we've brought in, like I said, I think have mainly added to the group, not replaced them. And I think uh, we're better for that. And I think it was important we did that. And I think uh, it's paying off for us in terms of the results we're getting um, and but again, the results are coming not because of the players we brought in, because of, we're starting to see the recovery and the return to fitness and form and and confidence of the players that have served us so well for so many years. So looking at the the Woking game uh, on the schedule, then it's it's Saturday. It comes around quick, especially when you've played on the Tuesday. But physically, how are the how are the players looking going into this? Um, this is probably our most uh, disrupted training session. In the sense of the the amount of players that were carrying bits and pieces, you know, we had a, you know, obviously they were quietly confident they'll all be fit, um, but you know the, the physios recommended that certain players did a little bit less, maybe protect themselves from certain actions that might aggravate fatigue in certain areas. You know, I made a, a quick decision within the Bromley game to protect Tom Walker and Frank as soon as they start feeling fatigue. Um, you can't run them things off. Um, but I think I think both of them should be fit. And then we've got Paul returning, Devante, um, Fester's had a knock, Ben had a knock. Um, but I think I think we'll be a fully fit squad. I'd be surprised if we don't have all our players available. But again, I think there still will be some, for want of a better, some hangover in terms of fatigue and stress and strain on several players uh, going into Saturday. So... We just have to balance the squad out and make sure that we, we put a team out that's 100% focused and really determined to do the job. And, and I think the bench is going to be really important because I think they might be able the ones that inject the the energy and the quality because, again, like every game at this level, whether you play Chorley or Bromley, you know you're going to be in for a tough game. Um, and Woking are, are desperate and determined to get a result this Saturday. So... Uh, we know we're in for a tough game against a team, again, that's higher up the league than us, that wants to keep us at arm's length. So tactically, physically, mentally, it's going to be a tough game for everybody. Give us a, give us a breakdown then of, of Woking. What do you know about them? What threats can we expect to see them produce at the weekend? Where's their danger areas? What, what do you know about the positions? Um Well, I think a little bit like ourselves, I guess the, the, they were, um, they've come up um, and obviously, I don't think the clubs moved quickly enough to be able to go from this part-time structure to a full-time. But they had a group of players that had a winning mentality, and they, you know, they had seven wins in the first eight games, which is an incredible stat. And they, you know, they caught everybody by surprise. Maybe that's caught up on them a little bit. Um, I, I don't think they've had major injuries or anything. Just a few things. The edges come off a few things. The wins have started to turn to draws and defeats. Um, and every now and again, they're getting beaten by a really well-organised full-time side like Notts County on Tuesday night. Um, so I, I think that they're, they're in the process of what we were in last month where 
they're starting to bring in loan players to inject a little bit of energy and quality and uh, maybe to protect other players. He's trying to find a solution in terms of the shape they play. Um, you know, he was lamenting the fact that on a Tuesday night, they've lost most of the games, which he's putting down to part-time football. Whereas I perhaps disagree with that because because we train in the evenings, uh, we tend to have a decent record on a Tuesday night. I mean, not just Bromley, but Fylde, Barrow, the performance of Solihull, even the performance away at Notts County, all on Tuesday nights. Um, we'd have to be a sleep expert and a biorhythms expert to understand fully the under all of that. But um, but I think Woking, uh, you know, despite the run they run and the defeat on Tuesday, they're not a bad side. They've got a lot of quality. Um, good goal scoring hide up front. Mate gives them an injection of pace and power. Um, Tarpy, clever player, plays off the flanks of the 10. He's got a free kick in him. Um, like most teams, they've got well organised set plays, good big players. Um, most of the back four have got a goal or two from set plays. So, all the usual things we'd expect. Um, but I don't think we should read anything into our form or their form. I think it's going to be a tough game. Uh, like many of the games we've had um, throughout the season. Just finally, uh, I have to give a mention. We could do it every week. We don't do it every week, but we could say every week how amazing have the fans been. But this week in particular, the miles that we spoke about that, that you've racked up and the players have racked up, a really, really impressive number of supporters have racked up as well. And it must make you proud when you walk out and you see those faces that you know in the stands, singing the songs that you know. It's It's something incredible, isn't it? Uh, well, you know, you go back to Notts County and everybody was like amazed at the turn up there and how they sung and, and how they embraced the journeys that they will have to take in the National League and perhaps just in the joy of being in the National League and playing teams of that quality and instead of some of the places we've had to go to, which became tiring trips for a lot of people. But yeah, I, I think whether it's um, enthusiasm for new places, um, you know, my mother-in-law would say it's, National, the non-leagues are a real geography lesson. You find them where places are. We all know where Dover is and Hartlepool, but Bromley, Dagenham, you know, Ebbsfleet, uh, it's a real geography. But incredible, incredible um, support. I, I just, I know how tough it is for people, but, you know, we, we get paid to travel. We get looked after. We do things right. And, you know, for people to... It's not just the time and the distance, but the expense and that, you know, it just shows you the passion, the enthusiasm, the love they have for the club. And I know how they feel and I respect that. And our players respect it before and after the game. And, um, you know, uh, the best decision I made this season, this season was making them the 12th man because they've been incredibly supportive throughout this season. And um, it, it does make a difference when you're, you're tiring at Bromley or wherever you're at home and you're, you're chasing a, a winner or you're chasing, trying to hold on to a game, a result. They've been brilliant, you know, going back to file, uh, you know, the Hartlepool game has been great, fantastic support. I'm really, really infused by them and, um, and, and I'm sure the players are as well. So massive credit to them because a thousand miles in a week, it's a, it's a long, it's a lot, a lot of, a lot of mileage, but unfortunately, um, the players, um, did them proud as well because they've gone and seen one of the best goals, uh, um, and a fantastic first half performance of Bromley. So they'll they'll be, you know, it wasn't a wasted journey for them. There's been tough places for us to go where you'll come back thinking why did I bother. But uh, the beauty of football and the beauty of watching County as you go because there's going to be games when you're glad you bothered. And uh, whether that be Nuneaton away or Bromley away or Dover away, um, 
there's always something special to take out of these games. Tim, they'll be there again on Saturday, so will we. All the very best for the weekend. Thanks so much. So, Chris, obviously, um, if we did moment of the week, there's only one moment of the week. Yeah. Let's just talk about the goal first. <laughs> do, you know, do you know the one person I actually feel for uh, in all this is Elliot Osborne? Because he scores a cracking goal against Bromley. And any other week, that would be... Um, let's speak about Elliot's goal, the way he skipped past a couple of players and slammed it in a tight angle at the near post. But we can't. <laughs> we can't talk about it because Frank Mulhern does something. And do you know what's funny? John Kieran tweeted the video, as we all did after, after it went it went viral almost, for God's sake. You know, the, the, that is how the, the appeal of... of it's such an aesthetically pleasing goal to watch. He's hit it on the volley from near the halfway line, you know, and he, he's managed to lob the keeper and get it in. Um, John Kieran tweeted, "Will you ever see a better goal than this in non-league?" And I almost wanted to reply, "I can show you a goal as good as it in non-league." And guess who scored that one? <laughs> Frank Mulhern <laughs> against your class, Altrincham, uh, uh, I think it was last season on Boxing Day, where the ball comes down from. Uh, a long Paul Turnbull pass and he does tremendous bit of skill same again at Southport away where he leaves defenders in his way slots it home and you think this player is ridiculous he's becoming like a cult hero at County now because he's producing moments like this uh, is he consistent enough? no probably not is there things to work on in his game? absolutely and he'd, say, he'd tell you both of those things himself but can he produce moments that if he leaves tomorrow if he Whatever, which we have no reason to think he would. But if he was to walk away from County, you would be looking back for years to come at that goal, at that goal, at that goal. And Dover is just another list, another in the long list of that goals. It was incredible. Absolutely, but I think you um, you touched on how good Elliot's been as well as his goal. Yeah. In you know before we spoke to Jim, there is he going to be your Player of the Week across the two games, or who are you? Unfortunately, not. You have to go with Frank. Yeah, you have to. You know, um, did he have the best of games of his career against Bromley? No. Um, did he score that goal against Dover? Yeah. And you can't get a goal like that and not come away with prestigious Stockport County Live Player of the Week award. You just can't. Indeed, and we need to get our mugs made so we can hand them out. And it's not just the spectacular nature of the goal, it's the fact that it's a win on the road, in a, a game that no one was looking forward to because of the trip. And, you know, he's bagged all three points on his own with a moment of brilliance. So it's the three points, it's not just the brilliance of the goal. Yeah, a, a couple of people will look at it and say, should we have had more, should we have done this, should we have done that? Um, and we're still adapting to this higher level and this travel, which is... That's ridiculous. And then you look at what's to come. You know, we've got Torquay in a couple of weeks. We, you know, the game, Dagenham and Redbridge, other games where, you, again, it's just immense travel. Um, you have to give it. You or I, Martin, think about our office jobs. Would you be able to set off at silly o'clock in the morning or do. You know, you, we both know you're not as functioning. Even if you stay in a nice hotel the night before, you're still not the same as you are if you're at home, you've had a nice breakfast, done whatever you do, blah, blah, blah. You know, you've got to take into account that this is, this, that, and th- that's just sitting at a desk, you know, sit at a desk. Imagine having to run around a pitch and physical exertion and all the rest of it. So these guys are getting used to a lot. They, you know, and there'll be people I know rolling their eyes at that and going, they're athletes, they're professional, blah, blah, blah. But you still have to be there in the moment, no matter what your tag is. So um, the, the, the guys have done incredibly well, you know, it, it's too hard to pick just one player of the week but for that goal it has to be Frank 
Well, weirdly, we were both in Glasgow last Thursday, and yeah, we didn't yeah. see each other. No, it was strange. <laughs> both working on opposite sides of the city, and I got up that day at three thirty to get the five o'clock five a.m. train. And yeah, I was like a zombie all day. <laughs> Imagine playing playing football. Funnily mm, enough, I, no, I, sir. I was up at three thirty in the morning, <laughs> but I've not been to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just the life you lead. Um, so Saturday, who are you going to be keeping an eye on, given the? You know, well, current state of the squad. Well, it's an interesting one because players like Frank and Elliot, you know, they're, they're players who haven't had a great deal of minutes lately. Probably warranted, if we're going to be honest. Um, so, although they've they're fighting it out for Player of the Week last week, there's no guarantees that they're going to be in the squad next week, and and, and that makes it it really interesting because you you talk about who who do you keep an eye on? This is a question for the manager. How do, you, how do you go about this now? You've brought in Devante Rodney and Tom Walker, and then all of a sudden, your first choice, 9 and 10, spring to life. <laughs> so do we do we go with the loanies, or do we go... So it's really interesting. You want to say Frank has to be the one to watch after um, producing the magic. Um, he might not play. <laughs> I don't know. You'd have thought he would, but I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be a really interesting one. It's... Um, you know, it's Halloween today. The the trick or treat moment for Jim Gannon is um, picking that squad. There's some spooky, scary decisions that he'll have to make. Yeah, by the time you listen to this, you'll have all forgotten about Halloween. But um, so let me. So we should have said, who are we going to get the fireworks from? But I think I think you're right. Um, it's a bit of a cliche, isn't it? It's a nice problem to have, but it genuinely is. You have got four players like that who are you know hard to pick from. That's that is what you'd want as a manager. Yeah. Um, you know, you always talk about the nice problem to have, so to speak, that you play this number nine or that number nine. And whereas I can understand the saying, it's a nice problem to have, and I've probably said it myself uh, in years gone by, is there such a thing as a nice problem? At the end of the day, a problem's still a problem. So, um, but listen, Jim's had this since he's, since he's been at County. He's had rotation um, issues, plays to keep happy. You know, he managed to keep Matty Warburton happy for his time here, and he was in and out of the team just like Elliot is now. Um, the, these players know they understand the game of football. Um, I, I just think now fear for Woking that counties look to have hit a bit of the stride. It's back home after three really long trips away. York isn't as close as the closest bit of Yorkshire is, and then Dover and Bromley. That's three really really long trips. Home comforts are going to be so welcome, and I expect County to hit the game in the stride now. So you can tune to Imagine 104.9 FM for full match commentary of Stockport County's hosting Woking FC on Saturday with Mr John Keir and Mr Chris Ridgeway. Chris, thanks. Trick or treat? Uh, I'll take the treat. What was the trick going to be? Were you going to throw an egg at my face? <laughs> no, that's I've got, I've got that waiting outside your house. <laughs> oh.